So let's pray together. Father, I pray that we would yield to you. And I pray that the power of the lyrics of what we have just uh, sung, uh, those that are uh, in nature for us right now and we're living out of, may that continue in the things that we have uh, yet to experience. God, may we confess that we need you, we want you, and uh, that you are our only source of hope. Uh, Father, I pray in the, just the few minutes that we have left, I pray that you would give me the very words to speak. I pray that you would jettison uh, things that would be um, not necessary for me to say. I pray that you would help all of us to listen to what your Holy Spirit has to say. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it is good to have uh, all of you here uh, in person as well as online, and it makes a difference. Uh, I, 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 I know I probably do not need to say this, but one of the things that we want to make sure is that every time we come together, that we say, what does God have to say to me? And so as we leave, there'll be a couple things that we'll want you to hear. One would be, what did you hear God saying to you? And then secondly, what are you going to do about it? And that ultimately, everything rises and falls on what does God have to say to us through his word. So, uh, just let that kind of lay for a few moments. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to uh, communicate to you is that uh, as you pray for a new cove, one of the things that, uh, as you know, we did not attend a seminar on how to lead a church during COVID. Uh, they, now, we have lots of ideas coming our way. Believe me, we have lots of opinions, and we are doing the very best we can to try to figure out how do we keep our church together, how do we keep people feeling connected and engaged, and so as we do that, one of the things that we're looking at over the next several weeks, we'll be starting some more uh, groups to meet together, and some of them will be looking uh, in terms of uh, online as well as uh, meeting face-to-face in some appropriate ways. And so we'll be putting those out. And I really want to urge you to consider getting connected in some kind of a group. The, one of the things that is just such a struggle with all of us is uh, with the distancing. And it just, it's just difficult to stay engaged. And sometimes we can begin to have crazy thoughts. And we need someone around us who can help us, who has the honesty and the, and the chips to say, you're thinking like a crazy person. And, uh, and so we want to make sure that we uh, are in groups. Groups matter. We want people to know that you matter and that God has a plan for you. And also, by the way, uh, God's not wringing his hands going, oh, no, what are we going to do now? Uh, God has an ability to redeem that which has happened. Uh, part of this is helping us to address uh, the current culture and what has God's word had to say. And hopefully you saw uh, me hanging out with my friend Jesse Miles. But if you missed it, uh, we want you to see it. And if you saw it, we'll just enjoy the take again. So I love this guy. And I'm grateful that Jesse uh, and I are able to have uh, conversations. Uh, Next week, we will continue to have conversation together. And uh, hopefully it'll be... Uh, something that you'll remember without a doubt. 
Uh, he referred to Tony Evans. He's one of the most influential black pastors in the United States. And Tony Evans uh, apparently stole the idea from Jesse. Uh, and here's how he put this thing about this whole idea of uh, segreg uh, hyphenated Christianity. Uh, our identity is in Christ. That is our position in that is, our position in Christ makes us a Christian who happens to be black, happens to be white, Hispanic, or Asian. Identity is so important because who you perceive yourself to be will determine your actions. If I had a mic, I'd drop it. That is an incredible statement. Identity is so important because... Who you perceive yourself to be will determine your actions. And so one of the conversations, every conversation I have with Jess, we come back to what is the common thread? What is the common information where we come to the table and stay together? And that is the gospel that every person you and I come in contact with, every single person that you and I come in contact with, they are loved by God. They've been developed by God. They were made in God's image. And made in God's image means that they have the ability to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That there is integrity. That there is value in every single person you pass by. Tony Evans continues to say, embrace your race. Embrace your culture. Be who you are. But never let racial identity interfere with biblical truth. So what drives us. And this is becoming more and more difficult because there's such uh, strong opinions for us to be able to come back and say, what does God's word have to say? And in this particular situation, what does God say about every single individual person you pass by? There's not one person you will interact with whom God didn't make and God doesn't love and God doesn't have plans to give them a future and a hope. And so every single person, so we, so we come back saying, what does the gospel say to this? Imagine, imagine if you and I moved in unity with those around us driven by the gospel. And I, I, I'd wanna, I would hope that no greater love and new cove, that the gospel would be what is our lens that's the final say that we have all these opinions but all the opinions and everything that we read comes through back through the filter of well how does this interact with God's word imagine if we dealt with every single person through the lens of the gospel imagine listening to God as if he were the final say that he were happened to be your coach that we, as a staff, uh, we've entered into some relationships with, uh, with a particular guy who's just come alongside to help our staff think through uh, things. And one is just how do we have good health, uh, emotional and spiritual health. And one of the things he's offering is coaching. And as a coach, we come back to him and say, all right, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what's driving me. Here's, and the coach just simply makes observations and says, now it's up to you to do something with what you've heard. So every time we end our message, we say, what did God have to say? What did your coach say to you today? And in response, what are you going to do with what the coach is? The problem is many times our coach is not Jesus. 
And so we keep coming back to saying, imagine if, if, if every relationship that we had, we kept coming back saying, what does the gospel say about them? Imagine if all of our dreaming, all of our scheming, all of our conversations were driven by the gospel, that every person you meet is made in the image of God and they have value. Every single person. Imagine if all your endeavors, aspirations, and and uh, labor were directed and processed through the lens of the gospel. And we don't want to assume that it is. And to be quite honest, there are times during the day that the gospel's not driving me. It's something else. And, and thank God, most of the time I'm sensitive to the God's tap or sometimes knock or sometimes a little harder than that to say, Really? You're, you're thinking this? How does this line up with the gospel? Because all of us have a doctrine, a teaching, a, all of us have a theology that drives everything we do. And so as we talk about the gospel and racism, say, how do we deal with people in a way that gives, uh, that recognizes that they're created by God? Imagine if every single person you came in contact with, when you saw them, you thought God is especially fond of them. He is. God is especially fond of every single person, and he's also fond of the most irritating person in your life, by the way. He's very fond of them. Now, when we... When we as a church hang out with no greater love one of these days, when we serve side by side, we're going to have access to another family, church family. And the reason they're going to give us access is because Jesse is extremely fond of me. Or at least he should be, right? I will have access to people that I would never have access to because I come through the lens of Jesse is extremely fond of me. Or when Jesse comes here, you will see him and you'll immediately, your heart will go out to him and there'll be a bridge. Because even if you don't know him, you know, but he's, but he's one of Tim's friends. It's all about relationship. And so imagine if we treated everybody in, in, through the lens of God is especially fond of them. So how can I bring hope and value to them? All human beings are born with esteem because they were created in the image of God. And I don't want to just hydroplane a, a pass, pass that. All human beings were born with esteem because they're created in the image of God. And so racism is believing in racial superiority. It's believing that race determines intellectual, race determines cultural, race determines moral capacities, and then acting upon it is just wrong. So when Jesse and I were talking through the message uh, this last week, one of the things that he said was, actually, the very first time that this happened was when Lucifer was up in heaven and he decided, I don't need God. In fact, I think I'm more important than God, so I'm going to do my own thing. And so this whole idea of taking that which God says is important and yielding to God, Satan said, you know what, I'll do my own thing. I don't care. So the goal of our series, 
actually I would say every teaching and every worship experience we have is to train us to live like Jesus, to walk like Jesus, and to join Jesus on his life mission. So there's a passage that I, you may want to just jot down and come to, but when Jesus said, we will, known, we will be known by our love, which is the gospel, right? That every person is loved and valued by God. There's a saying that I shared with you a couple weeks ago. Sometimes love requires you to speak, and other times it requires you to show restraint, and both take a great deal of courage. You and I have to be wise enough to know, is God calling me to keep my mouth shut and listen and try to learn, or is God calling me to speak up in this particular thing? Both require extreme courage. And I think seeking first to understand before being understood always is a good way to go. That doesn't mean you have to agree. There are things that Jesse and I probably do not agree upon, but both of us are at the table trying to seek to understand before demanding that we're understood. So the passage, there are two passages we're going to look at today, Proverbs 18, 13 through 16. And it's, a, it's an amazing passage. We'll use it uh, for our prayer time. Uh, for those of you that put in prayer requests, this will be our driving passage for us, but it also speaks uh, to race and racism. Proverbs eighteen thirteen. To answer before listening, listen to that. That ought to all of a sudden, the clue bell ought to be going off. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. The human spirit can endure in sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? So as we seek first to understand before being understood, to realize that the human spirit, it can withstand sickness, but a crushed spirit, a crushed heart is, is, is detrimental and so our job is to do whatever we can to come alongside those who have a crushed spirit. Verse 15, the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. Seek first to understand before demanding to be understood. For the ears of the wise seek counsel. That we seek understanding. And then I thought this was so interesting. A gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. Ultimately, what it's saying is you and I have the opportunity to offer a gift to those and we get to be Jesus Christ to other people. You, you and I are the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus. And sometimes when you show up at someone's door with a gift, it brings encouragement. It brings or a note to somebody to say, you matter and you make a difference, and God uses that to bring blessing. It opens the door into the great. Okay, this, this illustration, I, I, I want you to seek first to understand and then withhold your email. So how do we know who's crushed? And what do we do with the crush? Because everybody is at some point crushed. Karen and I have six grandkids. 
and let's, let's say that we willingly invited all six to our house to spend the night. Key phrase being we willingly invited. And they're in our house and they're playing, they're having a good time. Not everybody's getting their own way, obviously, but they're all getting fairly long along the way. One of them gets sick. When we stop and give attention to one who's sick, does that mean the other five do not matter? No. Of course not. But when one of them is sick, then there's more attention given at that particular time to the one who is sick. And so part of our conversation is at this particular moment, there is a certain group of people in our world, and let's just talk about in the United States, who feel crushed. Does that mean that there are not other people who are crushed? No, that no one is saying that, and Jesse and I totally agree with that. But in, in particular, right now, there's a group of people who feel crushed, and so we begin to look at through the lens of the gospel to say, how would Jesus address those who are experiencing being crushed? And does that mean that no one else matters? No. And so that's why we address a touchy subject. Okay, end of my story. Now you are free to communicate on other things to me. Not that. I just want you to think about that. So, uh, there, so as Jesse and I have talked, how do, how do we enter into relationship? And, and how do we make sure that we're treating people with, with value? And uh, one thing that Jesse talked about is interaction. And so there is a sociological uh, term called symbolic interaction approach. That's not that, that's a big deal. I just want you to know that I'm aware of where that's coming from. Symbolic interaction approach. And this is it. It's a sociological approach which views society as a result of many individual, everyday interactions. It views society as the result of many individual, everyday interactions. Which means you and I make a difference in society. And so as people come into our concentric circle of relationships, whoever God brings into your pathway, apparently he knows that it's best for them to know Jesus because they're coming in contact with you. So we treat people understanding that they are loved and valued and cared by God, and we do everything we can to bring hope to people. Whoever comes, whoever comes into our concentric circle of relationships because individual conversations make a difference where we may not be able to change the entire society in one big swoop. We change society by the people that are around us. Or as one of my friends talked about, it's hard for one person to turn uh, a, a, a ship a cruise liner, you can't do it. But if you influence the tugboats, the tugboats can. And so there are tugboats in our concentric circle of relationships that have the ability to be able to make a difference. And so we come alongside and just take, take care of the people that God has put into our pathway. It's all about saying, 
the core is going to be what the gospel is. And remember, here's the gospel. We're all made by God. We're all made by God. We're all made in the image of God. We're all made with distinction and variety. And God calls us into a relationship with him through Jesus. That is going to be the lens by which we do our evaluations, how we interact with everybody. Okay, the last passage that I want you to wrestle with and uh, work with this week, but let me introduce a couple things before uh, we land the plane here. Galatians 3, verse 26 to 29. It's a powerful passage, and it, it, it's a game changer. Galatians 3. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. So... Again, it comes back to the gospel. It's in Christ Jesus. That's how we become a part of the family of God. So every person who opens their life to Jesus Christ, they become a part of the family. They are brothers and sisters in Christ. You are all children of God. Here it is. For all of you, not some, for all of you were baptized into Christ, and you have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free. Just look at the extremes. There is neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. So if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Listen to what Dr. James Emery White said about this passage. That's your real skin color. That's what clothes you that's what marks you. That's what you are to look like to each other. Jesus died as a brown-skinned Jewish person, but he rose as Savior of the world for every man, every woman, every child. And when we enter into a relationship with him, we put on his skin, his clothes, his identity. Isn't that good? That that is the gospel that... When we enter into relationship with him, we put on his skin, his clothes, his identity. That is what drives us. If that didn't make sense, then let the clarity of Jesse Miles bring clarity. Here's what he says. Skin color is neither good nor bad, but God. Skin color is neither good nor bad, but God. That's what Jesse said. So a couple of years ago, uh, Dr. Billy Graham, he was 97 years old, and uh, it was just a couple of years uh, before he passed away. And they asked him, what is the biggest problem of today's world? And this 97-year-old evangelist said, the human heart. Three words, the human heart. That is the biggest problem of today's world. And he said, it's always been the human heart. And he goes on, went on to say... We don't have any possibility of solving our problems today except through Jesus, through the gospel. Many people are trying to fix the symptoms rather than the problem, and the result will only be greater frustration. And so our hope is in Christ and Christ alone. Let me close with Two other things. Galatians 5.14, for the whole law can be summed up in this. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. And so we sum up what does the gospel have to say? That we love our neighbor as self. We treat one another the way we want to be treated because divisiveness destroys. Frederick Buechner, a theologian, says, God doesn't love people because of who they are, but because of who God is. Let me close with this. This comes from Denison Forum. I read it every day. It's a, uh, a, a blog that just talks about current culture and theology and how the two mix together. Denison Forum be a great read for you if you're looking for something to help navigate current culture and how does the gospel fit in. Put this way, racism can flow in all directions, individual, not just whites towards blacks, but blacks towards whites, Hispanics toward Asians, whites toward Hispanics. There's no end to how it can manifest itself. As followers of Christ and as a community of Christ's followers, we are the hope of the world. Modeling to the world what community is meant to be. So when racism rears its head, blatant or in shadow form, turn from it. And I think that is one of the things that caught me in shadow form. Because I've, I, I, I pray God if, they're, if, if I'm treating other people in a way that's not honoring to them, I want to know that. And so is that how I've been brought up in some way, in a shadow way? Turn from it, repent of it. Ask for forgiveness and a renewed mind and a spirit. So what is God saying to you and what are you going to do with it? If you're looking for an amazing uh, five-day reading plan and you're using the Bible app, we're offering one called All the Father's Favorites. And it is a fantastic reading um, and it will be a, a, a great uh, read for you. Uh, if you would all uh, get your phones and uh, we have an opportunity for you to write in uh, prayer requests or if you're wanting uh, more uh, conversation on what it means to know Jesus Christ, we would be honored to spend some time with you. And uh, you can do that by going uh, online or just going on texting 402-260-2400 and uh, write in the word respond and it'll quickly take you to our page and give you opportunity to respond to us. There's a place for prayer requests. We take those seriously. And so we would urge you uh, uh, to let us have opportunity to pray for you. So the issue that I think we pray every week is what is God saying? And then when we respond, there's a breakthrough. That's what we're going to sing next is when God speaks and we obey, breakthrough happens. And I want to pray for us at this particular time. And I want to pray for breakthrough uh, individually and then for breakthrough to spread to our concentric circles and then to our 
county and to our state and to the United States and beyond and breakthrough from the gospel that, that our world would turn to Jesus and that we would have an awakening. So let's pray. Father, I, I pray that you would search our hearts and in particular, whatever you are saying to us in response to looking at your word today, Father, may that be clear and may we say yes to whatever you reveal to us and then may we take a step in moving in that direction. May we repent, do an about face and move in the direction that you're calling. For those that, that you're saying, I need to come into their hearts, God, may they open their hearts to you. And for those of us that are followers of you, if there are areas or attitudes that we have that are not driven by the gospel, would you bring that to our mind's eye so we can confess that? Father, we pray for breakthrough. Father, I pray uh, for no greater love. And Jesse, God, I pray that you uh, would bring breakthrough in their church. Father, I pray that you would encourage them. Uh, thank you that you have brought our two churches together, and may we share the gospel with people around us. And uh, I pray that you would honor uh, the work that they're doing as well. And, and Father, I pray that our relationship with no greater love would move in directions that, uh, that bring uh, you pleasure and that we would model what it means to be driven by the gospel. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So enjoy the next song. Those of you that are continue to give, it matters. You have no idea uh, the relief that it has brought to our church to have consistent giving. It matters, and, and I want to thank you on behalf of our church and that we're able to keep moving outside the walls uh, to serve because of your faithfulness. <laughs> 